there, I'm Haley Simmons. Jacob Johnston. And Nathan Anderson. And we have a sponsor today. So first, we will be talking about cell communication and why it is needed. Um, cell communication has the, or is the ability of cells to communicate with adjacent cells within an organism. Uh, cell communication is needed for your cells to communicate and function properly. And then uh, cell communication is essential for life for multicellular organisms. Um, there are three types of cells communication. The first one is direct signaling. Direct signaling involves direct physical contact between cells. Uh, when cells are connected, it is called a gap junction in animals and in plants, it is a plasma desmata. The cells are able to stick together uh, by desmosomes. Um, the second one is local signaling. Local signaling is cells that are near each other, but not like touching, and they communicate by releasing chemical messages called ligands. Uh, ligands are able to diffuse through the space between each cell. Uh, they travel usually short distances to, me to communicate with each other. And an example would be two neurons at the synapse. And the synapse, the axon of the presynaptic neuron will release to the neurotransmitter, which diffuses across the synapse and binds to receptors on the postsynaptic neuron. And then the last one is long distance. Long distance is the signaling uh, between cells in the same, same organism, but they're located in uh, just different parts of an organism. And this will, they travel long distance. Uh, the usual chemical message for these are hormones and they're released into the bloodstream. And from the bloodstream, they go to um, target cells and it, the target cells will have a specific uh, hormone that they're looking for, and the hormones will go to them. And then another type is pheromones, and this is outside of the body, but it's more rare, and they can affect like behavior and psychology. Uh, next, I will be talking about the types of cell signaling, and the first, or there are four in total, and they are autocrine, juxtacrine, paracrine, and endocrine. Uh, the first one, autocrine, uh, it just means, well, the auto means self, and this means the cell is sending signals to itself. Uh, an example would be uh, when cancer, uh, they send messages to themselves to keep growing, and this keeps the cancer alive. The next will be juxtacrine, and juxta just stands for beside, and this means that the two uh, cells will be next to each other, touching. And an example would be that uh, they send uh, neurotransmitters or ligands that are released from the axon and one will go through and change it to just a different nerve. Uh, the third one is paracrine. And just para means nearby, so they're not touching, and but they're separated and a little ways away, but not very far. And this means 
that they can send chemicals to each other. And an example would be uh, a chemical is transmitted, and this will tell a different part of your body to like move a muscle or contract a, contract a muscle. And then the last type is cell signaling, and it's an endocrine. And endo just stands for within, and this is like the long distance of cell communication. And it's often hormones which are produced in the endocrine gland. And in animals, this they have multiple, up to 50 hormones that are produced in the endocrine gland, including the pituitary, thyroid, parathroid, and the pancreas. All right, now we're gonna be moving on to signal transduction. Now, what exactly is signal transduction? Signal transduction is when a chemical or physical signal is sent through a cell as a series of molecular events. This is essential to the process of working normally. Now, the steps to signal transduction is reception. This is when a cell detects a signaling molecule from outside of the cell. Transduction, that is when the signaling molecule binds the receptor and it changes the receptor protein in some way. And finally, response, where the signal triggers a specific cellular response. Now, what is signal amplification? That is when a one-signal-activated receptor activates a protein, that protein activates another, and so on and so forth. Now, what is the difference between protein kinase and, pro and protein phosphate? Protein kinase catalyzes the transfer of phosphate from ATP to its protein substrates. Protein phosphates catalyzes the transfer of the phosphate from a, phosph from a phosphoprotein, uh, my apologies, to a water molecule. Now, what are the types of signal receptors? There is first the ion channel linked receptor that binds to a ligand and opens a channel through the membrane that allows specific ions to pass through. Then we have the G protein linked receptors, the most diverse group of membrane receptors in eukaryotes. Eukaryotes? Either way, they act as an inbox for messages in the form of light energy, peptides, lipids, sugars, and proteins. Finally, we have the enzyme-linked receptors. They have a role in the responses to extracellular signal proteins that promote growth, proliferation, differentiation, and survival of cells in animal tissues. And now we'll be talking about homeostasis in cell communications. Um, homeostasis is just a property of an organism, organism that stays in a normal range of values and is the main function of the endocrine system. Homeostasis is just where the body just stays at equilibrium and stays at normal levels. How cell communication maintains homeostasis is by sending chemical signals to other cells to maintain equilibrium and to keep the body in check. There are two different feedback loops that keep homeostasis at the regular levels. One of them is feed positive feedback loop and occurs in nature when a product increases in a reaction and moves a system away from homeostasis. It does this by amplifying the effects of products and occurs when something needs to happen quickly. An example is when a baby that pushes against the cervix to stretch and the body creates oxygen and stimulates the uterine and makes the baby push out uh, to the cervix more and, may, and the body has to create more oxygen for that baby to stretch more out. Um, a negative feedback loop uh, occurs in biology and when the product of the reaction leads to decrease and the re reaction of the system is equaled out, equilibrium. Um, negative feedback is really the most common of the two feedbacks 
because it really just helps the body to stay at equilibrium and to stay healthy. An example of this is when the body is is thermal uh, thermoculation, where you may overheat when the sun is when the sun is out, and you need to sweat just to cool down. So after hearing about all of this information, we are now to the questions. The first question is, which cell communication sends hormones to target cells? The answer would be long distance signaling. The second question is what type of cell, excuse me, what type of cell signaling sends signal to itself? The answer would be uh, the autocrine. Uh, question number three, what is homeostasis and what is an example of homeostasis? For homeostasis, the body wants to stay at normal levels or at equilibrium. An example would be temperature. Question four, what's the difference between positive and negative feedback? Ne negative feedback wants to stay equal and positive feedback wants to increase the reaction. Okay, last but certainly not least, for number five, what receptor works as an inbox? I'll give you a moment. The answer is G-protein-linked receptors. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Hope you all have an amazing day.